Welcome back to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Guys, today, I just want to touch upon the direction of this next season coming up. Um, with every interview that we've been seeing from the Buffalo Bills within this offseason, you just see like they're trying their absolute best to hold everything together. And I know that's something that a lot of us as fans um, have a lot of anticipation for. I mean, what, what's going to be different about the division? Well, we're going to get into that because one thing I've noticed about Sean McDermott is he is one that sticks to the process. So key thing here, you'll notice, um, you know, obviously going back to one of the most recent signings in Jordan Phillips, it looks like they're just trying to keep it as consistent um, as they possibly can with this roster. You obviously want to have, I wouldn't say a huge splash, but at least a mini splash. Um, I feel like the Buffalo Bills have definitely tried to do that within the free agency period. Um, signing Damian Harris, who obviously for so many years just caused, you know, wreaked havoc on the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very interesting season. We're going to get into a couple of points here. First point is going to be about Sean McDermott and what his vision is. The second point is um, what my expectation level is with some, you know, some of these resignings with Jordan Phillips and obviously Shaq Lawson. Um, continuity is key. You know, last week we talked about uh, uh, several different topics, and um, again, thank you, again, thank you again for joining me. Um, I was gone for a little bit, and uh, it feels good to be back in a flow. Um, I know a lot of my loyal listeners uh, have been th- with me through thick and thin. It's been a very, uh, it's been a long time coming, man. I'm really happy to be part of this network. Um, a lot of a lot of great shows on this channel, and it's motivating. It's motivating to see how much growth this um, you know this this channel has uh, you know had uh, with the vidcasts and and everything, and um, you know with uh, with Sterling, uh, Jay Spence, obviously Bruce. Um, shout out to Anthony Marino, all the guys, Circle the Wagons, um, you know Big Mute, and. Uh, and, and it's just one of those things, um, you know, for me, I'm just trying to be consistent with my approach and uh, hopefully, you know, connect with what you guys are thinking um, as fans. I am one of you. I'm not one of those guys who gets on a podcast and, you know, I think I know way more than you because I can talk about the Buffalo Bills. I just really enjoy doing this because um, I've been a fan my whole life and um, it's just, it's so crazy how you know, th- this has just transpired over the years. And again, going, going into this point of Sean McDermott, you know, I want to establish one thing over the last year and a half, there's been a lot of critical things to say about Sean McDermott, right? But it, it's easy to be that way. Um, I, I think if you were to get in his shoes and try to understand <laughs> the complexity of what it is to run a multifaceted, you know, team that has so much, so much depth to it, right? Um, defensively and then offensively. Number one, he was a defensive coach, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what type of what type of an effect he's actually going to have, um, you know, on the defense, calling, you know, uh, the plays and and you know taking control of maybe what looks to be a more aggressive, um, you know, uh, style of play calling, which I think a lot of us are excited about. Some of us are nervous about, but I think when you look at how this roster is built. It's built to attack. Um, to sit back and just wait for something to happen, it's just not going to work. That's the reason you have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. That's why you re-sign him. I'm pretty sure Sean McDermott was begging <laughs> some way, somehow, to bring Jordan back. 
Um, obviously, um, keeping every player, like he always says, is the goal. Um, just going based off of what he said with some of these points here. And um, he said one thing in particular that, you know, the back in January that really um, stuck with me. And, you know, his job, he believes his job is to put players in position, um, you know, to make plays, to do well. And I think it's something that he's definitely grown into um, as, as, a, as a head coach. And to, to say that last season was an absolute fla- failure and collapse and you want to find someone to blame, sometimes things just happen in a way where everyone's going to think what they want to think. They're going to say what they want to say. They're going to predict what they want to predict. And you're at the center of what's happening, and it's just <laughs> puzzling to you how uh, people are so quick to jump to conclusions. I, I can feel for Sean McDermott, especially after the season that they experience. I mean, you you can't even you can't even make it up, you know. Um, and 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 it's one of those things. Okay, do you do you then do you have sympathy for him? Like you know, <laughs> who wouldn't? Um, you know, you have expectations, but you know, a, as a fan. I will say first that I'm very, very thankful that the Buffalo Bills are relevant. Um, in a lot of ways, yeah, we are pretty much indebted to what they have been able to do and the sacrifices they made. Um, I'm talking about Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean to bring this team together and, and form an identity that is basically just, it's a family that loves to play football together and they, they, they fight and they die for each other on the field. I mean, that's literally, you know, what they play like, what they do. Um, they're willing to lay it all down. And I think that's something that a lot of people do not um, truly respect about this sport and how hard it is for Sean McDermott to, you know, the, the job he has <laughs> of being the coach for the Buffalo Bills. No one thought, especially after... Uh, the drought was broken that the Buffalo Bills shortly after were going to be in the AFC championship. Um, a lot of things needed to go right. They needed to get a quarterback. They needed to find the quarterback weapons. They needed to figure out the offensive line. And they've been just dealing with wave after wave of, um, you know, what's still required. What's, you know, what what is still the hump they got to get over. And, you know, the the fact is it's just life you know, as a team. And with life comes luck. Um, a lot of, a lot of players that are out will literally even tell you there's an element of getting lucky (laughs) at the right time in the playoffs to really take off, you know, and, and it's one of those things where some things just really have to go your way. You know, it didn't always go great for the Patriots. Yes, they got rings, but there were losses that were just like, you just saw luck happen. The Tyree helmet catch, the Manningham catch. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of tragic losses that happened to that New England Patriots organization throughout, you know, um, getting to the, to the point of being able to win championships. And you're looking at the Bills, and it's just like, look at <laughs> the bad luck, right? You, you can't make it up. And there is an element that is there. Um, and I, I am a firm believer that you do not fire or move on from a coach just because of bad luck or, you know, things just happening in a way where you just cannot control it. It just happens and things go kaput and you're stuck in a place where 
you're trying to come up with answers and you don't have one. You know, I think that's kind of why I like the approach that, uh, you know, the Bills are still taking as if, you know what, we are accepting what happened last year, but we're going to take the same approach. We're a great team. We finished with a great record. We have great players. Sure, we got to do some tweaking to the run game. Um, we got to, you know, formulate better plays to, you know, get Gabe, get Gabe Davis open. I think you saw what they did right away signing Deontay Hardy, whom I believe is going to be even more effective and can be more effective than Isaiah McKenzie. Hopefully that he can learn the system and, you know, fit in very well. Uh, Damian Harris, you know, uh, we're now we're getting to the point of, you know, what these signings are looking like. And it just looks like they're trying to build upon what they had last year. It's like Damian Harris just <laughs> he can't even, he's like a better Devin Singletary. Um, the big question mark here is, you know, then you got Deontay Hardy, you know, filling the gap, the void for Isaiah McKenzie, but then you have this big gap of Tremaine Edmonds. Um, maybe Terrell Bernard was the, you know, the choice all along, you know, in, in reality, because they knew what was looming. They knew what was coming and, and they were just basically kind of waiting on what the salary cap number was going to be and what they're able to do and how they're able to manipulate it. But again, he exercised his rights, so now the Bills, you know, have to deal with that. Um, we saw recently uh, Devin White decided to um, request a trade, but he is demanding an exorbitant amount of money per year. I am curious to see who's going to pull the trigger on that. Um, some people have him linked to the Eagles. Some people have him going nowhere. Um, it's... <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with a guy like that. The fact that he is fed up, it says here. Uh, I wonder, do the Bills entertain it? Do do they even deal with it? The thing is, he only turned 25 years old in February. So it it's crazy, right, when you really think about it. He's racked up 124 tackles, five and a half sacks, and, you know, the thing is, he's... <laughs> He's he's an all star player. He's 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 all pro. Like he is, uh, he is a guy you have to figure out if he could fit, right? You you have to maybe take the chance on that. That's not a guy who, you know, just shows up on the market like that regularly. He he's very rare, and I don't like the post that showed up about him about this whole. He doesn't like to hustle after plays. I think you just get tired as a player when you have five guys going for a tackle and they just lacklusterly execute and then your coach is expecting you to run across the field and be the sixth man to get him down? Like, no. Levante David, I, I was watching a play, just you couldn't make it up. Two safeties, a cornerback, a lineman, a linebacker. Like, they all went for a guy on the outside of the field and, and they couldn't bring him down. And then Devin White got the brunt of the blame because he wasn't running 40 yards across the field to help. I, I think he is probably at a place where he knows he needs to be in a position to succeed. Now, I wonder if the Bills are truly willing to entertain a trade with him and figure out a way to strike a deal. I just don't know. If, if he's willing to come here, I think what's going to be interesting is just to see what, what the Bills are, are trying to prioritize here going into the draft. Some people have Jackson 
Smith and Jigba going to Buffalo from Ohio State at 27. I think if you look at pick 11 all the way through 16, that's where things can get sent into a frenzy, right? What's puzzling to me is the amount of faith going into these quarterbacks. It's stunning. Let's talk about the draft now real quick. It's just stunning to me. The amount of high capital going into quarterbacks in this draft. I, I am not blown away by Will Levi. C.J. Stroud is probably the only guy I have my, my eyes on. Bryce Young, I think <laughs> he is not an NFL quarterback. And Anthony Richardson is another Trey Lance. Who knows what's going to happen and how he's going to be used and what system he's going to fall into. It's 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 tough. If I'm Buffalo, I, I get it. If if Zay Flowers falls down there, Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba, you know, falls down there, I get it. But then you're passing up on Bijan Robinson. And what happens if one of these top tier tackles start to trickle down the board a little bit? You trade up and try to get more protection for jo- protection for Josh Allen. That. That has been the big thing about this offense is that the offensive line has not consistently grown. It, it has been the most tumultuous, you know, position to watch. You talk about the division getting better. They're just better at the, at the, at, in the interior than the Buffalo Bills right now. And and that's a big problem when you look at a guy like Josh Allen who wants to stay in the pocket and he wants to throw the ball more from the pocket versus getting out and having to make magic happen with his legs. I, I think the Bills need to look at how they can do that. I, Osiris Torrance, maybe he maybe he falls you know far enough where the Bills can just trade off and you know send a third and switch spots with someone. I don't know. But that's something I have my eye on because as much as I want a playmaker, I just I just don't know if I really believe in this offensive line going into next year. <laughs> you talk about building upon, you know, what you had last year and what you believe you had a good team. Well, you just went and got Damian Harris. He is not a slouch. You still have James Cook. You just you took him pretty damn high in the draft, if you ask me. Um, I think you believe in them and give them what they need to have an effective running attack. Now, that would be the thing. Okay, well, then is it the running back? (laughs) Yeah, you can try to take Bajon Robinson, but what if he doesn't do well with this offensive line and it's already too late? You can't trade. You have no cap. You know, if you're going to ask me if I'm a betting man, I think the Bills definitely try to bolster up the offensive line or at most they take a running back in the first round. I I just, as much as I see some people thinking, oh, they're going to go after, you know, Smith and Jigba or they're going to go after Zay Flowers, I just, I think about a guy like Bajan Robinson. You, you, basically release Damian Harris and you have a double-headed monster and him and James Cook and that 
is terrifying. Imagine a triple option situation with him, Allen, and James Cook. Not to mention, whenever one of them gets tired, you can just throw in Naeem Hines in there. I think the receivers are pretty stocked up. Um, I talked last week about maybe even going tight end. Um, After further review, I just don't think it's a realistic expectation. I would like for them to do that, but I'm I'm talking about realistically what I think they would end up doing is that. Um, Some people are saying, you know, they go linebacker, maybe Trenton Simpson. I I just don't know. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what these mock drafts slowly start to you know, form into for the Bills because, I mean, they, they've been pretty close the last couple of years, I will say. I don't think the Bills have really drafted outside of the norm. I think they've drafted very well. I think they've drafted who they want. Um, and, you know, last year, last year, you know, last podcast I was talking about, you know, I really hope that they want to get guys they believe they can develop versus forcing guys to, you know, fit. And that's it. If you don't fit, you don't fit. We don't need you. But anywho, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you again for joining me on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Again, I'm your host, Steve Vega. To all the first responders and military out there, thank you for what you do for our country, for our communities. Um, guys, stay strong out there. You know, look out for each other. Go Bills. Go Bills.